And there was a point before I got to the point where I separated from my partners at the time um, where I got very depressed because I had all this money and I could go get a job anywhere I could do it. I mean, I had kind of plateaued. And it's worthless. Uh, it, it, it's totally useless. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. here was this idea that I thought, oh, when I make it and I'm successful, and I, I have monetary success, then all of these things will will fall into place, and there won't be problems and over this. And I, I was very depressed in the latter part of uh, of the company um, because, sure, I could uh, I could go and uh, I could take a um, you know a, a journey wherever. Uh, I could, uh, I could, you know, I could do whatever I wanted from a financial perspective. But mentally, I felt caged. Emotionally, I felt like, is this really what I've worked for this whole time? Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. In part one, we learned about how Whirly became a big cheese in the tech world. And in this episode, he describes how he launches his first big success, a startup called Chaotic Moon at South by Southwest. This led to financial independence, but money is not everything. And he found himself depressed and wondering about what's next. He went into a period of depression before finding his mojo again and inventing retirement as a service. And, you know, I left BMC in 2009 in November and in 2010 at South By I launched my first real, you know, my startup called Chaotic Moon and it did extremely well phenomenally well. We did the daily for Steve Jobs and Rupert Murdoch. We did Starbucks and Whole Foods and American Idol, wow. X Factor and just every just hundreds of amazing uh, mobile apps. And it was in that role that really catapulted me to where I am today. Not just because financially it was overwhelmingly successful. Sure. Uh, like just beyond anything. Selling to Accenture. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it made me more money in distributions than it did in selling to Accenture. Oh. Right? Uh, it was a cash cow, as they say. Wow. Um, but that paled in comparison to the experience, the freedom of being able to be able to work with this product, go to some of the creative stuff we did in the labs, like the mind control skateboard and the taser drones and stuff, and, and then you know and be selling and then be kind of trying to figure out the marketing. And then you're doing some speaking. Oh, and we're writing. And now we're doing interviews. And then we're hacking this together. And the, the just this crazy mix of being able to be everywhere in the company, partially because I was going to be the CTO. Then I hired a friend of mine, Steve Smith, to be the CTO. Uh, then uh, my f partner decided he was going to be CEO, so he wanted his CTO. So he replaced him. Uh, so I couldn't be CTO. Now I couldn't go back to being CTO. So I kind of did the innovation thing. But bouncing around mm -hmm. in that company and, and kind of being the face of it and, and driving it um, brought this complete balance to my career. I'm, I'm very thankful for the time. People always say, oh, I know you and your partners, you know, in the end didn't get along or this or that or whatever. 
you know, and they always say, you know, would you ever do it again? It's like <laughs> immediately. You know, are you kidding? Like it was the. I, mean, I think if you, you know, Mike and I are still partners, and Ben and I still talk. But I think if you yeah. ask any of us, if you could go back in a time machine, would you do that again? And the answer would probably be like, yeah, it was yeah. pretty great. <laughs> it I was mean, it was models and bottles and and you know making tons of money, just experimenting with cool techs and building all these major things. Nice. nice. It was an amazing time. Um, when, when that's that's seminal in setting up everything. Everything you did since. Since. So. Um, and before we get on to Honest Dollar, um, you and its beautiful mission, uh, you, when did you lose the fear, basically? Was it uh, during the Chaotic Moon yeah. experience? That, that was when you, you worked your way through that, yeah? It, it, it was unbridled. It was a, it, and it went too far. We ended up uh, big letters on the wall, if you go Google Pictures, where it said, we're the best, you know, my, my, my partner and CEO, I think, Drink a little too much of the Kool-Aid. Uh, I say that openly. He'll hate me saying that, but he's, a, he, you know, uh, I think we went, uh, we went, eventually too far. Um, but having this uninhibited innovation ability, to act, ability to do whatever. Freedom. You want to build a shopping cart that follows people around the store because you thought about it at lunch. You're stealing a shopping cart from the, you know, <laughs> Whole Foods parking lot that afternoon in a in a pickup, and you're hacking it together over the weekend. It was just <laughs> incredible, right? Doing yeah. these, it just phenomenal, phenomenal um, creativity and innovation, and the entire team there, and the creative team, Ben McCraw and and, and the and the people that led the creative team, just it, one of probably the greatest team any of us, uh, you know, had ever worked with to, at, at that point in time. Wonderful, but yeah, it was uh, it was liberating, and, and it was super important that it was that liberating. And we had an amazing sales team, you know. Uh, we had uh, just you know I think back about it, and uh, you know uh, everybody that was there. Did you have one or two kind of Renaissance salespeople who were just people who wouldn't wouldn't work in a big corporate, but they are just have that talent to go in and. Talk to your talk to a few influential customers and really we, listen to well them. Mike and I eventually communicated back, or were you guys doing that? Well, Mike, well, we were doing it, and, yeah. and we eventually made Ben the CEO because he is the ultimate sales guy. He's a phenomenal sales guy. Okay. Um, and uh, but uh, you know, uh, John Fremont, uh, very influential in in the sales process, brought that kind of. You know, an actual sell like that's what he did. Yeah. Um, to the company, and, and I think it took the revenues even further. I mean, they were already great. You know, he took everything further. But when you look at you know John doing sales and Ben doing all this creative, and uh, you know Ben Ben McGraw and Ben uh, Lamb, who was you know one of the partners and the CEO at the time, uh, and then you look at Mike's un unparalleled operational management and skill. Um, Right. And Adam Lipman, who was a you know executive Genentech, who joined and was kind of the the CEO of the company, you just started looking. You just had this massive talent, um, you know, and and that begot more talent. Everybody who wanted to Tracks do operation yeah. stuff wants to work with Adam, and everybody wants to work with Mike <laughs> or be on the road with Ben or be on the road with John or they want to be working for Ben McCraw because he's the super creative you know genius. Um, so it just uh, it just piled on more and more and more. But yeah, it was an incredible experience. So I, I guess that freedom that you had, and then suddenly uh, a sense of monetary freedom, a sense of uh, a complete uh, loosening of the, cha the shackles, did that kind of uh, lead to the nature of your next idea, which was retirement as a service? 
um, and uh, honest dollar. Uh, you know, people questioned you about the Goldman Sachs uh, acquisition, um, but maybe the bigger value of Honest Dollar was was creating that new um, retirement as a service paradigm, creating some some possibilities for the small guy. A big problem in the United States. Um, do you think the end that idea, creating that and creating a, a competitive space just there, is the most important thing you did? So it's one of the best things I've I've ever had the honor of working on an amazing team that I worked on with it, an amazing team at Goldman Sachs. The, the, the answer to your first question is um, yes, but not directly. So I had done a startup. It had been very successful. I had gained a tremendous amount of financial independence, uh, allowed me to become an investor, and I had several investments made. You know, it had just changed my world. And up until this point in my career, I was working for the financial success. And although I was receiving notoriety, um, you cannot take those interviews, or this interview anywhere, to any <laughs> bank in the world and, and buy food or cars or apartment or whatever. Sure. Um, and I had been, I had been not, not very capitalistic or whatever, but with Chaotic Moon, it just happened. It was amazing. You're doing what you love, and people are paying you millions of dollars. It's just amazing. Yeah. Like, just amazing. But that was my first startup, and I always say that was like a startup for fun and profit. <laughs> like I said, it was all, you know, models and models and amazing just experiences, just incredible. Um, so when I left, uh, it was like going through a divorce. It was very, very emotional, very stressful. And there was a point before I got to the point where I separated from my partners at the time um, where I got very depressed because I had all this money and I could go get a job anywhere I could do it. I mean, I had kind of plateaued and it's worthless. Uh, it, it, it's totally useless. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. here was this idea that I thought, oh, when I make it and I'm successful and I, I have monetary success, then all of these things will, will fall into place and there won't be problems and this. And I, I was very depressed in the latter part of, uh, of the company um, because Sure, I could uh, I could go and uh, I could take a um, you know uh, a journey wherever uh, I could uh, I could you know I could do whatever I wanted from a financial perspective, but mentally I felt caged. Emotionally, I felt like, is this really what I've worked for this whole time? Yeah. Is the is the money? This is is this what life is? You know, like okay, there's all these, you know, we all talk about being independent and all this. It's like yeah. now that I have it, what do I do with it? And yeah. so, so actually, I interviewed a guy called uh, Isiad Ferreras who did a talk in Toa, and the the one slide he had up there was Maslow's hierarchy, and he talked about this. He talked about how you think that's everything, but then when you get there a lot of these guys crash and burn, it's they nothing. depressed, it's nothing. They need to find a higher purpose. And so I, this and is I what obviously happened to you. And I crashed and burned. Yeah. Uh, that, it's very, that's a very accurate description. Yeah. And, and I didn't really crash and burn, but I, you know, I, I just, ugh, it was like, why, you know, what do I do, right? Yeah, you slumped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I had this, the first, uh, you know, startup was for fun and profit. I wanted the second startup to do social impact. I had funded some social impact startups. I had been a big supporter of that community. I had done uh, a number of things in that area, um, and I wanted to 
to do something there. And, I, and, and to be honest, again, a second mistake. So first mistake, um, you know, I'm going to make it, everything's going to be okay. That's not necessarily true. Uh, life is much more wonderful and much more complex than that. And the second <laughs> mistake was I started on a stellar. I thought I would be the, the hero figure, right? Um, and so uh, I found a problem uh, with a partner. Um, and that problem was in the U.S. there's a savings crisis. If an uh, average American has a $400 expense, um, they basically are insolvent. And so this is why you have these yeah. payday loan places Crazy. which just take advantage of people. And, and I want to write that. I wanted to bring some uh, equality to that picture. And so we came up with a very creative solution in where if you wanted a Vanguard fund, it's $25,000. We could put you in there as a Lyft driver or a 1099 worker, so a contractor, for a dollar, uh, you know, very cheaply and fractionalize us. So we built a really slick system. It was very, very, uh, I think, very innovative in the retirement space, very ahead of its time. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, Goldman Sachs acquired it. Uh, you know, and people always ask the natural question, you know, why would you sell to Goldman Sachs? <laughs> And I researched it for months before I did the transaction. And I was very, very impressed with the company. I, I think they have a, a, a bad image. You know, have they been involved in things in 2008 and stuff? You know, is not the question. It's like, were there people that worked there that were involved? Sure, there were. Is that the whole company? No, it's, it's not. Um, and I really grew to respect them, and I liked them. And uh, selling on the one-year anniversary of the the launch is obviously an amazing hat trick for an entrepreneur. It's amazing. Um, and selling the Goldman Sachs is obviously <laughs> a big feather. You know, there's a halo as an entrepreneur <laughs> that you get with that, uh, especially when I was laughed out of a lot of people's offices where they're just like, you don't know finance, you don't know this. Wow. You know, what are you doing? And, uh, and so, you know, there was a very, very sweet, you know, poetic justice in the going on CNBC the day we signed the transaction. Saw the and, interview and, and talking about it. You know, was getting <laughs> they, like, they couldn't stop asking about Goldman Sachs. Why Goldman Sachs? And I'm smiling the entire time. <laughs> you may notice. I'm just like, this is amazing. Yeah. In the next episode, episode three of eight, our protagonist Twirly sheds his superhero costume and resolves to be a catalyst. He decides to be the one that creates a model and, in a non-literal sense, a meeting place to foster the coding talents of others in this emerging brave new world of quantum computing. A vision of an AWS for quantum. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SAS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. Mm -hmm.